Welcome to the latest episode of the Proof of Delivery cast, talking about all things supply chain and technology to help visionaries like you gain unprecedented insight, foresight, and oversight into your operations and the industry as a whole. We're talking with the who's who of supply chain from around the world about the latest trends, technologies, and tips to help illuminate the hidden potential in every link of your supply chain. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Allen and Caitlin Mercier. All right, welcome back to the next edition of the POD cast. We are uh, back again with another uh, super cool guest in the supply chain space. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, another great discussion and uh, some more great information. So, uh, Caitlin, you want to kind of get us started? Tell us about our guest today. Yeah, you bet. We're, we're excited to welcome Renee Gretzik um, from Motion Miners. He's the founder and CTO. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Motion Miners, uh, they're based out of Germany and they provide service and solutions for process analysis. So, they actually have some wearable. Uh, sensors and beacons that you can install in your in your facility to measure motion and location data and they use a deep learning algorithm um, to be able to detect uh, opportunities to optimize processes. Very cool. Yeah, another really timely discussion, and especially for people who are trying to maximize the usage of their uh, warehouse space in the in these uncertain times. So yeah, looking forward to it. I guess we'll get right into it. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Well, welcome, Renee. It's uh, really great to have you. Um, excited to uh, to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Wonderful. Yeah, it was great to spend the, the week with your team at uh, the Logi Mat show and uh, had lots of great conversations about you know your your solutions and how that's shaping the uh, the landscape for process optimization. So um, you know, really excited to dive into that uh, as as a topic today. Yeah, sounds good. Um, we can talk about both, I think, Logimat, our solution, um, what, whatever you would like to hear. Wonderful. Well, maybe you can start us off with a bit of back. I mean, we've, we've introduced you um, already, a little bit of an overview of Motion Miners, but um, maybe a bit of a background about what your solution is, uh, is doing. Yeah, sure. Um, I can tell you a little bit about what we are doing. Um, so, yeah, basically everything we do is focused around manual processes and we try to really have a look into the process itself, either from an efficiency or from an ergonomics point of view. And in contrast to most automated processes where you have very complex data, the machine outputs something every few seconds or milliseconds, in a manual process, you don't really have a lot of information. You do that line to process, you know how it's supposed to run. Maybe every now and then you have a scan or you know a new order is generated in your WMS system or whatever you're using, your enterprise resource planning, it doesn't matter. Um, but um, in between, you have very, very limited data. And what you usually do in the old economies, you say, okay, I need more information about this process. And then you go to the shop floor and you take a good look. You take a long look and you try to figure out what the hell is actually going on. And we said, okay, that's not the most um, modern way to do it, I would say, or there is a smarter way to do it. So um, what we do, I'm not sure if you can see this on camera, mm -hmm. but um, is we use these very small sensors, we hand them to workers and try to say to them, okay, can you pick one sensor set consisting of two or three sensors and um, just take a measurement. 
And we do this anonymously so that we say, okay, we never have just a single person. We have a group of workers working in the same um, process, in the same job. And we try to collect a little data without just watching them all the time because that takes a lot of time and it's also annoying for the person watching and the person being watched. And we try to collect data and um, we want to get information about what activities are performed in the process, how are they performed, which is usually very important if you want to get insights into process ergonomics, like how is somebody handling, is he handling something over shoulder, is he bending down a lot, and this gives, for example, very good indications about the strain on the worker and on the other hand we try also to collect some information about where something is going on we usually build a little indoor localization system um, using small um, bluetooth senders just in order to get an idea about where an activity is performed so we can link things for example against um, heavy items or things like this. And this gives us then insights into the process flow itself, into process ergonomics. And obviously we collect a large database. So instead of watching very closely for one or two hours, we just say, okay, record data for maybe instead of two hours, two weeks, uh, use ask five, 10 employees, um, use a few sensors and gather really a few hundred hours of data or maybe a few thousand. And that's then really a database for actionable insights and optimization of the process itself. Excellent. That's very cool. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so you're gathering this manual process data, and then are you also overlaying some, uh, some other data that a client would have available um, on top of that as part of your analysis? Yes. Um, so you can use our data standalone you get some insights into handling times walking times ergonomics process cycle times but when it gets really interesting it's when you try and match it for example with your inventory data um, your additional information sources that you have on site because then you can say okay what items take me the longest um, if the worker has to handle something in a bent position, you can ask the question, is it heavy? Is it not? Um, you can link posture against items. You can get more detailed into the process itself. And you can say, okay, this thing is really heavy. It should be positioned somewhere else. This one cannot be handled easily. Um, maybe um, try and say um, you link it with um, the fleet data on uh, which trucks are arriving, which customer are they from, or which one are they going to, depending on whatever you're doing. So you can, for example, say, okay, who is delivering me something that's always taking me a large amount of time and ask all these very detailed questions once you get additional sources of information and um, so far we try to match against warehousing data against um, machine data for example from uh, conveyor data or maybe from uh, vehicle fleet that they have so raising questions on on how they are using vehicles within the process or things like that how how have you seen the the sort of AI machine learning part of things change over the years since you know since you've been gathering data? Are you seeing the models evolving at all? Or I would say yes. There is a, 
both at, at our company, but also at other companies, you see that companies really put some effort into evolving AI methods, AI approaches, and just speaking for ourselves. I mean, we are a very young company, so we started five years ago. And in the beginning, you have just very little data. You feed it to your AI algorithm, to your machine learning. And then you say, OK, I have my really first recognition. So for example, what we do is we, we take raw data from sensors and translate it into different activities. And in the beginning, you maybe have one, two, or three. And then you say, OK, you go to the next site and everything looks completely different and then you start from scratch and things get really interesting at least in the field of machine learning once you are able to really gather a lot of data and now over the past years we for example were able to gather data from hundreds of processes so now you have models that generalize very well that you can say okay this gives the same performance at every uh, at every site and you can go deeper into different activities and say, okay, we don't only recognize somebody's handling something, but how is he handling something? Is it over shoulder? Is it posture bent? Is it left-handed, right-handed? Is there some rotation in it? And you can really go into more details, which are very tricky because if you're in the field of machining, you see it's always important to have a good databases for different, in our case, for different persons, for somebody's very large, some items are very heavy. And if you handle something like, uh, for example, one of our first customers was in fashion. And if you handle a very small shirt, that's certainly very different than uh, if you handle very bulky uh, parts for cars or things like this. And that's super interesting to see how machine learning models evolve over time. Um, what's new in research. So for example, we also have a new colleague now uh, who did his PhD in machine learning. He said, okay, this is the newest uh, stuff they are doing in machine learning. And it's super cool to see also how research progresses and how this is going into the industry and right now basically it's not only logistics manufacturing everybody's interested in the newest machine learning models be it our case or if you go into predictive maintenance if you go into um, forecasting for order lines for um, forecasting for um, the effort in the warehouse or how many orders you will get sales forecasting and everything uh, is evolving Nice. Yeah. And it's interesting how that feedback loop, you know, more data answers more questions and creates more questions that need answers. And, you know, the more you get, the more you need and the more you find, the more yeah. you can use. And um, I think you sort of jumped into to our next question as well. But in terms of it sounds like you're seeing a big increase in uptake from customers, more more customers interested in you know, the, the, the tools and the services you provide and the, and the data and the insights you can glean, like, are you seeing a big increase, especially, uh, you know, with and, and since COVID? Ooh, that's a difficult one. I would say yes and no. I would say that the interest is there. It's growing. They, they want to digitize more. And I think that's more driven in the in the past year even because in 2020 they said okay actually we would need digitization but then you you were talking to a lot of people and they said okay but we have no budget at all mm. <laughs> so there, there was uh 
a little bit of, of um, conflict of, of interest there, I would say, um, because on the one hand, you wanted to save money. On the other hand, you wanted to invest in new digital alternatives because you, you couldn't be on site for everything. You couldn't do things you not, how you normally do them. And I think you guys experienced the, the same mm -hmm. thing that basically you got a little bit more creative. Yeah. And um, right now you can see that companies use the, the last two years a lot for, for innovation and even now the interest is really high, I would say. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common theme. We we saw similar, you know, some things got put on hold that you thought would have gone ahead, but then, you know, companies hunkered down with the the extra time they had to not be able to go out and get on site and meet customers and partners and they just really sort of built more innovation yeah. into the into the products and the processes and so yeah we've we've yeah. seen a similar thing a little bit of a lag a little delay with covid and then everybody's come out of the gates since then really yeah. you know full speed ahead and it was super different for a lot of companies some were really fast recovering also for us it was super interest of rather not interesting, rather difficult, I would say, because usually we work everywhere where a lot of people work. And this wasn't ideal in 2020, I would say, uh, because you didn't want to be where a lot of people right. are, especially companies didn't want visitors where a lot of people are working, because then if you bring them a little present, then, then the whole facility goes down. And that's something they really wanted to avoid. Um, but on the other hand, so right now, just today, one of my colleagues, he finished a project where they said, okay, they, they put it on hold in the start. And after a year or a little bit more, they got back up to us. And even then the, the project manager on their side said, okay, this is my site. I'm working there. I'm the process expert, but I haven't been on site for a year. Wow. And uh, now he was really catching up and... Um, started a project, for example, with us, probably a lot more uh, than, than just with us. And uh, now things were really accelerating over the last year and even right now. Well, this is probably accelerating the number of companies who are investing in having their own dedicated set of hardware on site, because then it really is their team and they can run those process uh, measurements whenever they need to without, you know, having to have a, a third party come in and observe processes. So, yeah, in, in some ways, it's probably it probably slowed down certain types of projects, but then is escalating, um, you know, clients who who want to run that I, themselves, too. I, I would totally agree changes a little bit on on how people are approaching certain projects yeah mm -hmm. for sure yeah nice. well can you can you tell us a little bit about some of the interesting insights that are coming out of uh your your measurements or or some of the recommendations for process or ergonomic improvements that you're commonly seeing the range is pretty wide i would say so there is not this this one thing that we usually recommend but um there are obviously indicators that most companies are looking at. I mean, the first question is, where do they lose time? Do they have to wait at certain areas at certain points, for example, wait for a machine, wait for, for the process flow? Is something not ideal? Um, do they have ideal walking patterns? That's always something they try to challenge because basically every warehouse managing management system is saying to them, okay, we have the best walking pattern you will ever see. And then they say, oh, yeah, then they have to go back and forth. And that's usually a, a big question they have. 
Um, so these two, and then there is always the question of special processes. So how often do they go for a clarification case? How often do they try and search for a team leader? Is there trash, storage, uh, uh, damaged goods? Um, you, you name it. I mean, there, there is, depending on the process, a really long list on things they have to do and they don't want to do or special value-added services that somebody sold and nobody is happy with. And um, things like this, they really, really want to have a look into. Sometimes it comes out very well and just one or 2%. And then sometimes you come back to them and say, okay, it's more like 10 or 20%. And then that's something you really want to look at because if you spend 20% of your time with something that you don't have as your main process, that's not optimal. And then you can usually try and change a little bit in process design, um, then you could invest in new picking technologies. So a lot of companies, especially if you look at waiting or walking times, they're really interested then in saying, okay, how does this relate to my picking technology? Right now we are, for example, using paper list or the good old scanner. Can we invest like in something like a hand scanner, uh, pick by voice, pick by vision, um, some of the modern approaches or new vehicles or something like this and to try and quantify how big their pain points are and how they could improve with newer technologies. Yeah, it's an interesting tool to be able to benchmark the before and after. If you're implementing a new technology or investing in some new hardware yeah. in the warehouse and just quantifying what that process improvement is actually looked like for the team. Yes, I would also say that it's one of the main benefits that you have one large database or data set, and then you can try create a second one or a third one once you implement new technologies. Um, that's also one of the largest opportunities of really having a lot of data, I would say, um, because some of our customers, they really started saying, okay, we have the same five, six, seven processes at 40, 50 sites all over Germany. And then they want to say, okay, all the warehouses look a little bit different. How does this influence my KPIs? Um, do I get slower? Do I get faster at a certain site? Okay, on, on half of my sites, I have a certain technology. On the other half, I don't. How does this influence the process? I have a new warehouse management system. Um, do I really improve in my KPIs? And if not, why? Because then you can say, okay, the time per order line is faster or not. But the question is then, where do I lose mm -hmm. the time? Mm -hmm. um, or they, they really want to benchmark new technologies that they introduce at one or two of their sites. They have this prototype site usually, and then they really want to go in with us and create some data about it. Yeah, that that sounds like a, a really good solution for the classic problem that you know um, companies that want to implement a solution for the solution's sake, they have no idea what their baseline is. They have no idea if the problem they're trying to solve is the actual bottleneck. Um, you know, and and it it prevents that whole technology as as you know the the the, the silver bullet that's supposed yeah. to solve everything for you and. Uh, we we see some similar things. I really like the fact that you guys are so so driven by the process and what's actually happening on the floor, as opposed to layering on all that other data about what they're doing, sort of technology wise and 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 otherwise. But 
but not focusing on do we need a new system? It's do we need to improve the processes and then, you know, giving them that data that's going to help them make educated decisions as opposed to, you know, sort of blind ones. I think in Germany, you, you, we always have to say, okay, you, you can take a, a shitty process and then if you digitize it, you have a digital shitty process. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least it's digital then, but it doesn't really help. And um, usually shop floor people, they, they, if you talk to somebody that is really responsible for a process, he has some gut feeling and some idea on what is going well and what is not going well. But it's very difficult to quantify. And especially most of our customers are really large companies. And if you go and try and roll something out, to maybe 20, 30, 40 warehouses, cross docks, what, whatever you have, um, then there is a significant invest that you have to take into a new technology. And that's something where you usually want to make sure mm -hmm. that you achieve your goals. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think we're pretty close to the end of our questions. I was just going to throw one little final one out there, which is, do you, um, you know, do customers, are they often surprised? Like, do, do, are they usually validating their assumptions about where their processes are broken or where their problems are? Or are you usually surprising them with insights they didn't expect uh, in terms of the problem not being what they thought it was? I think it's a mixed one. Um, so usually, the, as I said before, usually the people have some ideas, some gut feelings, they have some questions that they want to go with. And they usually tell you right away, okay, I have this feeling we are losing a lot of time waiting for machine A or B, things like this, or we have this feeling that we have a lot of walking times that are unnecessary. But then usually once you dig into the data, it evolves a little bit. I mean, in the beginning, you start with a process description, you try and analyze the process and you say, okay, we have some 10% that are unaccounted for. And then you try to look into this 10% and say, okay, we have a question, what's actually going on in, in the back of your warehouse or something mm -hmm. like this? And then, they, oh yeah, we have this additional process we completely forgot to tell you about. So usually it evolves a little bit and usually you find something old and something new, I would say. It's never just one thing. But yeah. most customers at the moment are really surprised on, on what insights, what perspectives you can get, um, either be it from an ergonomics or from an efficiency point of view, because we never just look at one thing. If we have an efficiency project, we also give them some insights about ergonomics. Mm -hmm. If we have an ergonomic project, then usually if you improve ergonomics and you do it well, then you can also improve a little bit on efficiency. And so you always have a little bonus. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a great you know for for motion miners to be able to not only quantify the problem they think they have you know the extent of it and the and the and the cost of it but also to show them the problems they they didn't necessarily see uh, and then be able to compare those two I think that's uh, that's a really great spot to be in from a uh, you know a customer point of view. Yeah, I mean I think the the kind of the one final thought and something we've been having some conversation around is just the 
kind of the trend as you're seeing it the last couple of years. And oftentimes we find anyways, the first conversation is about improving process efficiency, but there's also this really tangible benefit um, around process economics. And so just given that there's this labor shortage, North America, Europe, I mean, I think we're all sharing that same challenge. Um, you know, what's, what's that really meaning for clients to have that or, you know, kind of focus on ergonomic improvement for their team? Yeah, I think that's really something that has been growing over the past years. So, so once we started everything, the first customers, I think it's also normal because we were a young company. And if you want to minimize your risk, you start with some efficiency projects because then you certainly get a return out of it. But we see more and more companies that are really interested in in-depth ergonomics analysis because, as you said, they have this shortage. Labor. Some companies um, say, okay, one third of our staff is quitting every, every year and we have to replace them and that's not ideal. Um, they want to add benefits for their workforce and say, okay, they really want to improve process ergonomics a little bit and work on this. And for example, in the last one and a half years, we worked a lot with um, exoskeleton companies and said, because there is this huge interest growing and you were at Logimat yourselves, um, you have seen it, the topic was a little bit everywhere. And um, so that's some growing interest. And most companies, if they say, okay, we want to invest into uh, new technology, like an exoskeleton, it comes down to the same question we discussed before. Uh, what, what is the actual improvement they have? Um, how does it reduce the strain? Can we try and quantify it? And you could go to a scientific study which says everything is good and nice, but most customers, they really want to try it out and see it with data from their own side. And that's something that has been growing in our opinion over the last two years. It becomes more important um, here in Europe, but probably also in the US. So we are at the moment working with um, Otto Bock, which is a large German company. They are also expanding to the US together with SuitX, I believe. And we really collaborate with them in order to make their benefits a little bit more visible. Fantastic, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the, the questions that we had for today. So thank you, Renee. Really appreciate you, you joining us and, um, you know, always good to, to catch up. It's been so interesting working with you uh, the last couple of years and just seeing your model and some of the applications for the technology really evolve. So really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll throw some uh, links in uh, for the podcast to, to, you know, to check out more about what Motion Miners does and, uh, and uh, you know, learn more about uh, how you guys can help customers for sure. We'll uh, make sure people know how to, how to reach out and how to find more info. Thank you very, very much for having me. I mean, it's a great opportunity for me also to talk a little bit about our companies. It's always fun um, having a good conversation with the two of you. So thank you very, very much. Oh, no worries. Our pleasure for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, as I said, we'll, we'll make sure that uh, the folks uh, who are listening in will know how to learn more. Thanks, Renee. Take care. All right. Well, uh, once again, another really cool discussion, really interesting information from uh, Renee, uh, another one who's super passionate about uh, his space and, uh, and what they do and what they can do for customers. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, it was great to catch up with Renee again. Always an interesting conversation. And just to hear about how some of their data models are evolving um, with some of the data that's available out there for, for clients in the supply chain.
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks again for, uh, for joining us and uh, looking forward to keep bringing you these. We always, again, want uh, any suggestions, any feedback you've got, any topics you'd like discussed. You want to be a guest, you want to recommend a guest, uh, love to hear from you. Uh, reach out anytime. Thanks very much for joining us and uh, we'll uh, bring you another exciting uh, episode next month. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to check out future episodes of the Proof of Delivery cast, which come out every month. In the meantime, keep an eye on our YouTube channel for additional content throughout the month. If you'd like to learn more from Routique, you can find us on every major social media platform by searching Routique or the handle at Routique. Or feel free to chat with us directly by visiting www.routique.com. Routique gives supply chain visionaries the x-ray vision they need to make their companies more efficient, responsive, and profitable.